to raise money for this project, uh, and he's doing other things, but what he's doing to raise money for this project is allowing members of the church to take a brick or to purchase a brick and have their name inscribed in it or their loved ones uh, or maybe legacy members of the church or just about anyone so we can have a part of Cork embedded in the foundation of our property. And I think that's really neat. Now, I think the price of that is like $40, right? $40 for a brick. I'd love for you to visit with Michael after service. There are forms in the back for you to put what you want on the brick or for you to, uh, you know, to get that. But meet with him, visit with him. Our scouts are really important. We have a new scout master that I'll introduce to you guys soon. And uh, we're going to begin to have our scouts uh, uh, in service very regularly, and uh, we really appreciate our scouts and everything that they do. So, Michael, on his way to become an Eagle Scout, congratulations, sir. Come see him, Michael. Thank you, sir. And that'll be in the foyer at the end of service. Very good. Now, I've got a couple of things to do before we get started. Um, actually, I need your help, and I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but I posted a thing on Facebook earlier this week saying I would need your help. So I'm glad you are here. Um, it just happens to be that I was taking uh, one of our SUVs out last week, and, uh, and um, I had a blowout. And I need to get the tire replaced. Can anyone tell me where a good tire shop is so I can go get my tire replaced? Any, raise the hands. Anybody know of a good tire place? And then, and then further than that, um, can I, uh, is it okay, and I'm, I'm just, I'd like to say I'm not mechanically in, inclined, but I, I kind of am, but is it okay for me to ride around on that flat? Yeah. No. no. Thanks, Tim. So, <laughs> okay, so I need to find a tire shop. Uh, thank you for helping me find a tire shop. Um, also, our family has moved to, to Plant City, we're right close to the church. That's an awesome thing. Thank you. But the problem is uh, now we've moved and we haven't set up a good lawn service. Does anybody know of a lawn service? They could help me. I need to get my grass cut. It's about, it's about three times as long as, uh, as Bob's beard. Um, all right. So just think about that. I need that. Uh, now, and the other thing, uh, Remy. Oh, by the way... We have a wonderful nursery in the back. They can't hear us, but I'm so thankful for Caspiana uh, and, the, and the team that's coming together so we can make sure that we have a nursery for all of our little children that's coming in. I don't know if you, amen, I don't know if you saw them running around, but thank you to them. That being said, my son uh, is breaking a tooth and it seems like it's coming in a little crooked and I need, uh, I need a dentist recommendation. I think we need to go to the dentist, like, right away. Oh, wonder. That's very cool. We're going to ask for sponsorship now here soon. All right, so that being said, I appreciate your help. But I, I really don't need all of those things. But let's sit in the mindset if I do. So if I need tires, I can't ride on it for a week. I need to go to the tire shop, right? Okay, if I need yard work done, I need to go and get someone or either mow the yard myself. I don't go hire someone to do the yard work for me when the yard is, is really tight and clean, right? So when I need a dentist, 
when my, my youngest son needs a dentist. I need to go find a dentist right now before his teeth get really out of control. Oh, by the way, food for thought. I was born and bred in Louisiana. All right? Did you guys know that Louisiana was the original inventor of the toothbrush? Did y'all know that? If you think about it, it's common sense, because if it was made anywhere else, it would be the teeth brush. All right, so if I need to go to a dentist, I mean, if I, if I have a tooth problem, I need to go to the dentist. But why is it, why is it that when I have troubles in my life, or people have trouble in their life, they think that they need to get their act together before they come to church. If I need a tire, I'll go see a tire shop. If I need a dentist, I go see the dentist. If I need church, well, I'll come to church whenever, you know, I get things going in my life. You know, my, my family's kind of a mess, or, or my kids are a mess, or, or you, know, I, I can't, you know, I can't get up that early. But that's not what the purpose of the church is for. We want to go to church when we're broken. We want to go to church when we're in need. We want to go to church to get help. Church is more important than going to the tire shop. Why is it more important? Because this is where you go to fix things in your life. This fellowship of believers, this gathering of people together, this is where we go to get counsel, to be loved on, to learn more about God. More of that in just a moment. Let's look at Scripture. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. If you have your Bible, amen. I don't have my Bible on this platform because the words are teeny tiny, and uh, I, need a, I need help with that. Maybe I should go to the eye doctor. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 9, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended into the lower earthly regions? He who descended is, is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the unchanging word. Thank you for the ability for us to read your word and get a closer glimpse of your heart and your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, I ask that you lay your anointing down. And I ask that you open up your hearts to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So we're going to revisit verse 12, just the end of verse 12. The, end of the, the second part of verse 12 says, So the body of Christ may be built up. Now there are two very important types of churches. 
There is the church, which is all of us, which is the body of Christ, that we are considered the church. But then there is this church or this ministry. There's the body of Christ, which is the church, which is us, which is bigger than all of these walls and all of this building and all of the buildings in all of America. That's the church. We are the body. But then there's this church as in our ministry and the things that we're doing and the things that we're helping to edify one another and the teaching and the training and the prayer. We can't forget prayer. So two types of churches, the church, this church. Today, I want to talk about this church. And before I continue, I wonder if any of y'all noticed something different in the foyer and if any of you noticed something different in the Welcome Center. And to talk for just a moment about that, I would like to invite Dallas up for just a moment and share what we're doing and what was behind that and et cetera, et cetera. Let's see if that works. There you go. Does this work? No. Oh, uh, hi, everyone. Um, as a head of church council, I just uh, want everyone to be aware. It's just some, um, some new improvements that are going to be taking place over the next several weeks. And just so everyone's in tune as to what's going on. Uh, as uh, Jade alluded to, if we notice the, uh, the foyer Northex area and the Welcome Center have a fresh coat of paint. Okay, right and singing. Um, and in the coming week or two, I'm not sure exactly what the schedule is, but the sanctuary is going to be painted the same color. And we have to um, express our gratitude to Joel Debane here, the singing painter, okay, for giving the church such a good deal on, 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 on this uh, service. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is there, the um, platform area up here is going to be opened up. It's going to be slightly expanded out to the railing here just to give more floor space. As you can tell, we've got quite a number of people up there, equipment. We're trying to elim eliminate some clutter, make it more uh, efficient, better traffic pattern, and it'll just give it a more modern, updated appearance. And lastly, and the biggest thing of them all, is um, talking with Billy, Billy Harris, um, who is head of trustees, who is going to be here to talk on this, but nonetheless, um, the church is needing a new roof. Uh, so there's um, going to be scheduled a roof on the church. This is the main building as well as a multipurpose roof because he's been fighting off leaks over the last few couple of years or so. Uh, and it's just to the point now where we need a new roof. Um, rainy season's upon us. So anyhow, that's basically all I wanted to say, that just so whenever you see things going on, everyone will be more informed as to what's happening. Amen. That'll work. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was actually going to make this announcement, and, uh, uh, and Dallas visited with us on Wednesday, I think it was, Wednesday or Thursday, and I thought it was, it was very good. Um, the decisions that are made in the church are made from uh, different committees uh, that we have throughout the church, and we're going to talk lightly about those today. Uh, and, but Dallas came up and he said, a lot of these things are changing, 
and, uh, and, and these are things that we've talked about over the course of several months. And uh, he wanted to come up and visit and, and, and share these things because he says, and I agree with him, uh, he don't, doesn't want the congregation to think that this is just the pastor coming and changing up everything uh, just on a whim and flipping a coin and going, okay, this sanctuary is going to be purple. So, uh, so thank you for that. And uh, we'll talk about our committees a little bit this morning. And it's important because it's important that we talk about the roof and important that we talk about the paint. It's important that we talk about, by the way, the welcome center. Uh, we will soon have new flooring in the Welcome Center and all new furniture. Uh, there's going to be a big TV put up. If there's, ever any, uh, if there's ever any overflow or if there's ever anyone that wants to take their kid into, or, or, or their family or just needs a moment of separation, we will be able to go into the back room and this service will be on the TV in the back. But it also opens the door for opportunities of ministry. When we do Bible studies and different things, we can have those elements. So that'll be all new furniture, new flooring. The paint is done, and it's going to be a spectacular thing. And we've spent a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time uh, meeting and visiting about these things. So I'm thankful for Dallas, and I'm thankful for the church council. Amen. Also thankful. Amen. Also thankful for our, our vision team, and we'll talk about that more. Now, why are we talking about church business? Why are we talking about roofs? Why are we talking about the color of the paint? Well, because we, as the ministry of Cork, have a responsibility to care for you. Now, Jesus and the Great Commission called us all to be disciples. As a matter of fact, Jesus never called us Christians. I could be wrong. Bob, did Jesus ever call us Christians? No, he called us to be disciples. He called us to be disciples. Okay, well, if Jesus called us to be disciples, then what is the church called to do? Make disciples. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Eager to serve serve. I like that, by the way, eager to serve. If I happen to answer the phone when our uh, secretaries are, are off and you call the church office uh, and I happen to answer, I'll say, hi, Cork Methodist Church, how may I help? And on the back of our shirts, I don't know if you've seen them, the shirts that says Hope Lives Here, it's got our church logo on the front and on the back. Underneath the, the church logo, it says Here to Serve. This church, in all honesty, hasn't done a great job of building you up. And it's not your fault. We could do better, and we are going to do better. It's not on you. It's on the leadership, and I want to transition the leadership of this church to be in a position to where we better serve you. You know, we have these conversations all the time. Hey, you should come to church. Hey, we need you to tithe. God wants you to tithe. We need you to come volunteer for the church. Come join in on the choir. Come be part of the praise team. Uh, come clean the church. Hey, let's come cook for people. Hey, let's come do all of these things for the church. But there's an often unspoken part that we all need to understand today as you come and serve in the church it's our responsibility as the ch this church to serve you and to give you spiritual food and to give you encouragement we have all of these committees 
that we have, and we'll, we'll talk about them, and they're actually going to be made public. But up until recently, over the course of the last several years, we've had all of these committees, and we've been kind of, we have a seat that you need to fill here, a seat that we need to fill here. You know, the conference, when we were the United Methodist Church, they had all of these core requirements, and we had seats that we needed to fill. You know, 70% of our committees really don't know, didn't know entirely what their jobs were. We as a church should have been better. We as a church should do better. Me, as the pastor of this church, needs to do better. You deserve nothing less than 110% of me. So I'm not blaming it on leadership in the past, and I'm not blaming it on people in the church. The buck will stop with me. This church needs to do a better job of serving you to be there for you, to encourage you. We have a food bank that is incredible. It feeds 140 families every single week. All right, I'm exaggerating. Sometimes it's 120, sometimes it's 160, but we're right there, over 100 families every week. But you know what we're not doing? We're not giving them spiritual food. And this is what I love about Methodism, by the way. If you ever wonder what a Methodist really is, go read about John Wesley. There is a method in which the church, the body, serves its people. There is a method in which that we make sure that our homeless are fed. We make sure that our hungry are fed. We make sure that our community is taken care of. Here to serve. You want to know what a Methodist is? We are here to serve. Hogwash with all of that other stuff. We are here to serve. We are here to love one another. And we're here to be there for you. So so how are we addressing the spiritual needs in the food bank? We can do better, and we are. We're going, I'm working with Pastor Bob, working with Pastor Michael. We have a vision team put together. We're going to have a prayer tent out by the front door. We're going to offer up prayer for anyone that needs it while they're waiting for the doors to open to get food. Gosh, there's so much to say in so little time, and I want to make sure that I get all of this together. Pastors, I had a good question asked to me the other day. The question was, why are there so many pastors at Cork? There's only like five members, right? (laughs) Nobody said that. They asked that, why are there so many pastors? Well, here's the reason for that. Pastor Bob and Pastor Michael held a knife to my neck. (laughs) No, this this is not true. Read with me in 2 Timothy. We're going to go to chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified and teach others. We as a church Need to, need to identify the gifts of others and to allow them to operate in their giftings. So the answer is, why are there so many pastors of a church with so many people? Because we have to do a good job of identifying that. And how many of you all are blessed by Pastor Bob? 
How many of you all are inspired by the words of Michael on Sundays? <laughs> Only half of them, Michael, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. If I, if, if I am the pastor of a church that raises up someone that, that is called by God to pastor another church and they feel like they need to build across the street, I will send them with prayer and I will openly tell the congregation, if you feel led to be with this person, I want you to be there. Because it's not about this church, it's about the church. God just so happened to bless me with two very gifted and talented and heart-filled people that care for you guys as much, if not more, than I care for you. If we have 16 pastors, praise the Lord, we'll have to go to two services and have more chicken, Tinker. We have people in the vision team that have been hand-picked because of how their hearts are. We have people in the council that care about the future of this church. And why is it important? Because we, as this church, need to operate in excellence when we serve you. So we're doubling down on ministry. We talked about the committees. We talked about how things have been done in the years past where these committees aren't exactly sure what each committee is supposed to do. Some of them don't even know who's on what and when and where and how and what time chicken served, right? No, we always know that. Thank you, Tinker. So we are, we are, over the course of the next week, we're going to define the committee's roles. We're going to have those published. And by the way, they're already, they're already together, but we want to make this in a way to where if anybody wants to know what these committees are, you'll be able to see publicly, anytime, anywhere, what committees we have, what their mission, vision, and purpose is, how they're arranged, and the people that are on the committees. Why is that? Because if you have a question about something, you'd like to go directly to the person responsible of that. If you have a plumber in your house, and he's got to be fixing your pipes, and your pipes break, do you call your therapist? No. <laughs> it's the right answer. You can always come to me I will always be here, and our pastors will always be here. But for you to understand the antiquities and the, how our church works, we have these committees here with the sole vision to further this ministry, to be a better servant to its people. We want to help you help others. We want to help develop you and put you in a place to where you can be better disciples. So what are we doing? We're defining committees. We're making that information public, more public than it has been. It's kind of always been public, but it's been garbled up in some other things, uh, and it's kind of hard to find. Um, but we're going to make that very accessible. We left the United Methodist Church, and we said we're going we're to adhere to the Book of Discipline. And that is 100% true. As you read these visions for each of these committees, you will be able to see that the foundation of all of the goings-on in this church is based in the Book of Discipline. If you want to go look it up, that's fine. But we're, we're trimming the fat we're trimming the unnecessary stuff because we're getting to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is Jesus lives and we need disciples. Amen. We're starting a new class for both new believers and new people to the church. This new class is going to be called Foundations of Hope. In this class, we're going to learn a little bit about the history of Cork. We're going to learn a little bit about 
who God is, and we're going to learn a little bit about who God says we are. This class will most likely be held right after service in the newly redesigned Welcome Center. There will be food there for those that attend the class. That way they're not missing dinner. And it'll be a lunch, and then it'll be a moment of fellowship and getting to know one another. Teresa has been diligently working on our next women's Bible study. And the amount, uh, the response from our last Bible study was overwhelming. That will be announced next week. Our men's fellowship, where we break bread over, over breakfast, even though Dallas complains that there's no steak, we will get together and have breakfast and have a, a, and have a moment of fellowship. We'll break bread together, and we will uh, we'll learn about God's love. Then we're going to start midweek online services or midweek online Bible studies. Pastor Michael, Pastor Bob, myself, anyone that wants to join in, we're going to be on Zoom, and we're going to stream it over to Facebook. And I think we're settling on 7 o'clock or 6 or 6.30. Uh, we meet each week over coffee, and we kind of define those terms and see what our schedules are like. But this will be something that you can consistently look forward to, live streaming our midweek online Bible studies. We talked about the prayer tent. I want to talk about our praise and worship band. How do we feel about them? Are they sounding pretty good? We are going to begin to have and set up nights of worship to where anybody that wants to from any church, from any community, from any city can come in and we'll have nights of praise and worship music where people can freely lift their hands and call out to God and worship together. But even beyond that, Nearly every member, I think every member, and I don't want to make things up, every member of the team is really excited about doing outreaches. We're going to do our first outreach at the end of May, and more information about that soon. I want to encourage you all to come next week and learn about all of the worship opportunities that we have. And who are we preparing this for. We're preparing this for you. We're preparing this for our community. What is the church? You know, the United States has, uh, and this, my, my, my dear friend, he doesn't know me, but I know him. My dear friend, Tony Evans, has something that he likes to share. He says, he says, the United States has embassies all over the developed world. And the embassy is a part of the United States in these other places. They operate independently of the state that they're in. So if you find yourself in trouble, if you find yourself uh, in, another, in another country, and you find yourself in trouble for whatever reason, Joel, you can run to this embassy and you have safe haven. You can run to a piece of your home and you are protected there. The church is an embassy in a lost world. When you find yourself getting swallowed up by things, whether it be doubt, whether it be self-control, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, oh Lord, I wish I could share with you right now what my plans are for that. 
When you find yourself in those places, escape to your embassy. How many of you know that we live in a fallen world? We live in a fallen world. How many know that right now this world does not, uh, uh, this world belongs to the enemy. It belongs to Satan. It belongs to fallen man. Is that right? How many of you know that God put his embassies all over the world? The church is his embassy. When the world beats you up, come home. When you're having struggles in your life, come home. Don't wait till you got your act together. Come home. We're here. We are not a country club. We are a hospital. Come home. Come to our embassy. I didn't ask permission to share this, and I hope this particular person doesn't get offended by what I'm about to say. Don't, don't wait until you get your act together to come to church. Don't think that you have to dress the part. Don't think that you have to put on a smiling face. Come as you are. We are all broken. We all have skeletons. There is someone, there is someone in the vicinity of Cork Methodist Church that six months ago drank so much alcohol that he woke up or she woke up on the floor and they thought they were going to die. They couldn't drink water. They couldn't consume anything. They had had so much. They thought that this was the end. Don't wait until you've defeated or fought or battled that addiction to come home. Come to your embassy. Phyllis and the praise team, if you would work your way up. Don't wait until you have your act together to come home. There's someone else in this church that is dealing with matters of the family and want their family to be saved and want their family to come back together. Want there be a, wants there to be an appreciation. Don't wait until your family is together again to come back to church. Come home. I don't get my tire fixed after it's inflated. I go and do it when it's broken. There is someone here that is dealing with the addiction of pornography. And nobody ratted on you, but statistics say that you're in here somewhere. Yes. Don't wait until you got your flesh in order to come home. Come to the embassy. Amen. Come home. There is a lady which I asked if she would come up, and she's still getting used to everyone, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to call her up and make her feel awkward. But she's got some piercings in her lips. She's got a piercing in her nose. You'll probably be able to find her. But guess what, ma'am? This is your home. Welcome home. As I shared last week, 
or maybe the week before. By the way, our sunrise service, I had to confirm, our sunrise service uh, had more people in attendance than some of our longest members remember there ever being. In other words, we broke Cork Methodist records for sunrise service. But what does that mean? Come as you are with your tattoos and your wife's purple hair and the piercings in your nose. You know why it's okay? Because the man on the middle cross said so. Think of the thief that was over the shoulder of Jesus and he believed. Jesus said, surely you will you will be with me today. Amen. Young lady, you're home. We have a job to do, church. Amen. Both the body and this church. We have a job to do. And I'm telling you right now, this person I'm talking to online and this person is sitting in this church, you are home. Amen. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will be here for you. Amen. God loves you that much. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're wearing, no matter what the world says you are, I say you're home. In the Welcome Center, we have that big, beautiful painting of the Lord's Supper. We're going to take that and move it to a wall that's a little more visible when you walk out this door. But where that painting used to be is going to be some big language, some big signs or a big graphic, or whatever you want to call it. And it's going to say, Welcome home. Hope lives here. Are we trying to cover up that we're Cork Methodist Church? Absolutely not. But by every stretch of the imagination, Cork Methodist Church is where hope is going to live, and the devil can't stop it. Amen? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you got those religious spirits. I don't care if you don't quite understand who God is. God knows you and God loves you. If we could, let's bow our heads for just a moment. Every single person, even the super saved one like Nancy over here. I want to take just a moment and keep playing, Phyllis. I want to take just a moment. If there's anyone here, and I will not call you out. This is between you and God. If there's anyone here that needs to know Jesus and needs to accept Jesus into their lives with every single head down, every single head down, if you want to know Jesus, I want you to raise your hand right now. Amen. If you want Jesus in your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. I see that hand. If you want a better relationship, every head still bowed. If you want a stronger relationship with Jesus and understand his love on a deeper level, I'd like for you to raise your hand right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. This prayer is for you. And I want the whole church to say it together with me so we're not singling anybody out, but God sees you. Pray with me right now. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, 
I am a sinner. I am lost without you. I believe that you died and three days later raised from the dead. I want to invite you into my life right now. I believe in you. I believe you are the only way into heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give a round of applause to those that accepted Jesus? Let's talk very soon. There's a whole world that's about to open up to you. Amen. And one more prayer before we...